Hello, everyone. Friday is a good day to serve the Lord, love the Lord, and to broadcast his good news. Amen. Well, the good news is we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And all men have been declared righteous unto God by the blood and the cross. What a message that is. Paul, Apostle Paul, gave his entire ministry, according to the book of Acts, he gave his entire ministry for one message to the Gentiles. God has redeemed you back. You are made righteous by the cross and the blood of Jesus. Now, come on in and get it. <laughs> the door's open. The party started. All you have to do is come in and reach for it, and it's yours. That's the amazing story of deliverance. We have been set free from sin and bondage. All we do is receive. We we show our faith by our actions, and that is we receive what God has given us. Good morning. I'm George Watkins. This is Friday, my favorite day of the week, because we are together again. Thank you for stopping by. If you're new to our channel, stay around for a while. I believe God has something good to say to you today. Amen. Well, our subject today has to do with action, action, action. In other words, we are not sitting on the sidelines waiting for someone else to get in the game. We're going to join the game ourselves. Get out of the grandstands, get out of the sidelines and put on the uniform and step out on the on the field and play the game and win. Amen. Well, our subject today, it's time to speak up or lose your place in line. I did a little note or two before that that's in the bottom uh, or in the notes, the show notes. And I wanted to cover a couple of thoughts that the Lord dropped in my heart today about speaking up. It started with a thought of crying out. And I went to the Old Testament and the New Testament and talked about the crying out. We cry out to God for help. We try cry out to people, you know, we cry out. Sometimes we just cry. But the but the crying out, saying something. I heard a conversation just this past few days talking about the fact that if we sit in silence when the voices around us are are demanding that we say things correctly or like they want it to be their correct idea. And we have to even think like that. And if we don't, then we are branded with various types of derogatory names. That is a form of intimidation. And if we sit and cower under that, if we don't speak up, then we are we are voicing a yes, an agreement. We go into a place or we walk with we walk into a situation and we're we're expected to use certain words and certain terminologies that we believe are not correct and we do that or we just don't say something we are in 
an agreement with something that is false. Well, there was a, there's an Old Testament law that if a woman in the Old Testament was uh, was raped, then if she didn't cry out and make some some sound of of uh, you know emergency and terror, then she was considered guilty of the act herself. There's something in this whole situation we're in where our voice needs to come back to a place of crying out, of resisting, of speaking up. Amen. Derek Bonhoeffer, well-known name out of the struggle and the Second World War in Germany. He was a German pastor, and he started to raise his voice. He went so far as to give his life as a uh, ended up being a, a spy and and working toward the, the you know the removal of Hitler but he he had this phrase that he he said when they came for the Jews we didn't say anything talking about the church when they when he, when they came for the Jews we didn't say anything when they came for the gypsies we didn't say anything then they came for us and there was no one left to help so it's like the it's like the the um, classic story of the frog in the hot water bottle, the hot water uh, kettle. Frog goes in when the water's cool and comfortable, but you turn the heat on a little bit, and it gets hotter and hotter. And the frog doesn't know he's being cooked, so he stays there until it's too late. You and I are in a situation societal historical situation where the voice of the church must speak out <clears throat> one of the things that the church has um, a challenge in church in general across the board is a disconnection of unity voices are different different opinions well one speaker one pastor one leader in the church will say say I'm for this the other one says I'm against it so it brings a division in the in the in the in the big picture of the church what can we do about it we start with with us my dad said he was a, you you know he's been or many of you know he was a preacher all my life and most of his he said draw a circle if you want revived you want a revival you want God to do something draw a circle around yourself and say, God, revive and anoint everybody in this circle. That's where it starts. You want to speak up? Speak up first. You speak up. Now, I'm not talking about causing arguments and shouting at people and, and uh, <laughs> you know, bringing disrespect against the love of Christ. But there are times that God will give you and I opportunity to say, nay. <laughs> that's a slick word for saying no and i don't agree i agree this is the way it is one of those um, one of those things that's coming up again is the is the declaration of the season the season is named a particular season because it is christmas and yet some of the voices of our society have tried for several years to take that name away because of the anti-God attitude that is prevailing, trying to overcome over and run us over 
Well, when someone greets you with a happy holiday, how about speaking up and saying back to them, well, Merry Christmas to you too. Now, do it in love. <laughs> Don't grind your teeth and show your teeth. But there has to be a speaking up. Now, what will happen if you take authority in these areas? God will give you opportunity to speak a good word of God, a good word of God. Crying out and, 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 and making a sound, making a sound. Abraham, take a picture. Three men come down the road. One of them is God. The other are two angels. Abraham greets them. God's on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah because they cried out. Now, whoa, wait a minute. There's a cry comes out from the wicked one also, the ones that are performing wicked deeds. A voice goes out. A word goes out. God hears it, and he comes down, comes in to see what's happening. Now, God said to Abraham, we're going down to Sodom and Gomorrah to check this out to see if it's true. Well, the two angels took off to check it out, and Abraham begins to uh, <laughs> deal with God, you know, make a deal. Let's make a deal, Lord. If there's 50 righteous, will you save them? This is uh, <laughs> a couple of a couple of guys haggling, you know. This is the best deal, and God says, "Okay, no no problem." And uh, well, how about forty five? How about forty? How about thirty? He just starts whittling it down, and he gets it down to ten. And God says, and God walks away. Said, "Okay," and he leaves. And I thought to myself as I read that today in preparation. 10, there's something about that number that there's a completeness in uh, number 10 is a, a complete number for one thing. So there's a completeness. There's a unity of, of some, someone, someone's coming together. They talk about the bench of three. You'll hear that term. If you're around uh, praying people and intercessors and mystics, you'll hear that that subject, the, be the bench of three. Now it comes out of the old te the uh, the Jewish tradition of three that led the synagogue, and they had a bench of three that were oversight overseeing the synagogue. Now. <clears throat> comes out of the Trinity, perhaps, Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, but they're a unit. Now, God said, and I'm hearing this as I'm reading it, if there's someone comes together and makes a unified effort, I'll change this, I'll change the story. I'll shift history. If someone will come together and make a unified effort, we're not talking about number 10 or number 50. We're talking about people of faith and command and decrees and strength in the Holy Ghost, knowing their place in God, putting themselves together and become a unit. I'll change history. That's what God said to Abraham. Well, they weren't there, obviously, because Sodom and Gomorrah was burned to the ground, <laughs> fire and brimstone. Okay, what do we do? We've got, we've got units. You and I are units. You and I are uni in unity of faith. We, we, we raise our voice to God. We cry out to God. Amen. Crying out 
makes a difference. Not whining out, not being a, a victim out, you know, hey, God, I'm a big victim. Come and help me. No, we are sons and daughters of God, and we stand in that place of command. Amen. All right. Now, there's a, a, a term we have, see something, say something. We see a lot of things we don't say anything about, not just to the to the um, person that's doing it, but especially to the situation. When I first uh, came to town, we had a rented a little church building down the street from the 7-Eleven. And my kids, my juniors and teenagers were going in there and buying things, and he had all the rack of the pornography out. Well, I went in there and talked to him about it. I said, look, my kids are coming in here, and all that's just, hide that junk. Well, he begrudgingly did it. <laughs> a couple of years later, I happened to be in the same car club he's in. And he respected me, and we had a mutual friendship for years. I stood up and said something, and he obeyed and was kind about it because I, we, I voiced my opinion about that situation. All right, we cry out, we cry out. <laughs> How about it? Now, don't be standing on the front yard shouting at your neighbor. Let's start with crying out to God. There's a story of Elisha where he healed the young boy that was dead, raised him to life, widow's, widow's boy. Well, he prophesied to that woman, and he said, uh, uh, Genesis 26, he prophesied, well, that's, I'm sorry, 2 Kings 8. He prophesied to her, there's a seven-year drought coming. Get out of town. Well, she comes back in seven years, and she goes to the king and cries out, give me back my house. Give me back my land just so happened that just before that, the king's asking about the prophet. Where is he? And what about that guy I heard about that got raised from the dead and that widow? What about that? And so the king's helper, the king's servant, tells the story. And at that exact time, the woman comes into the court saying, help me. I'm, I need my house back. Now, this is how God will arrange your connections. When you cry out, God will arrange. Now the king gave her house back, gave her land back, and gave her seven years of, of profit off of that land. Got it all back. We're heading into some times where the world around us is prophesying drought. Every voice you hear is telling us we're going into bad times. It's going to be worse next year. But I see over, I love that chapter over in Genesis 26, where Isaac sowed in the time of famine and received a hundredfold. You ready for that? You ready for watching God's people rise up in this ugly time and bloom and shine. <laughs> time to cry out, folks. Time to state your facts and your, your case and watch God honor you. 
All right. Well, God bless. We'll see you Sunday night. And Sunday night's always a favorite night for us. So join us six o'clock. We love having you come by. Don't forget, we're on uh, podcasts. We got several places on podcasts in the show notes below. You can find that. Also, if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, like us on Facebook, all those good things, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your financial help. There's several of you that have been faithful doing that. If you, if God's nudging you to send us a gift, we will receive it with thanksgiving and put it in the gas tank. Amen. Well, until Sunday night, God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you and watch over you because he does love you.